Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher, joined by Brad Thomas. Thanks, everyone, watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. Uh, We've got a phenomenal game of football tonight to break down. Bears, Commanders, (laughs) telling your grandkids about this one. And then after that, we will jump into the NFC East, which has the huge Sunday night game between the Eagles and the Cowboys, which will shape that division. And then we'll jump into our favorite Western Conference NBA division bet. But first, Brad, let's talk about Bears Commanders because <laughs> we have to. It's uh, Commanders minus one. The total is down to a magnificent 38 flat. What are you looking for in this game? You know, the line movement on this game was kind of interesting. You know, it went back and forth, uh, kind of to zero for both teams, uh, ultimately settled on the Commanders. And I, while I do think the Commanders are the right side, just because they're so much better offensively and both defenses are terrible. I'd rather just look at props. Um, Props are a little bit more predictable, and sometimes props can kind of beat game flow, where you don't need to predict the game flow correctly. So the first prop that I'm looking at, Justin Fields, over seven and a half rushing attempts uh, or carries, depending on what the book has it labeled as. Justin Fields has hit this in all but one game. The game that he didn't hit it, he landed on seven exactly. He's one of those kind of players, especially with this bad offense and subpar receiving core, who would rather use his gift. And his gift is his mobility, his legs, his vision and running. This is a play that I'll probably play all season until books adjust. Much like uh, Jalen Hurts carries, the books finally adjusted it closer to nine and a half instead of that seven and a half number. But I really love that. And the next one, and I'm going to ladder this one all the way up. Brian Robinson, uh, rookie out of Alabama, the one who just came off the IR after having a gunshot wound, um, t- to score one touchdown plus 200. Then I'm going to go up to two and a three. He's out carrying, even though he's going to be on a snap limit, he's going to out carry Gibson, and he's their goal line threat. Like I said, these defenses aren't good. Um, I, I feel like this is a finally a chance for them to get some, some actually forward momentum towards the end zone while you're in the red zone from the running game. Yeah, I think with Brian Robinson, they are going to go out of their way to give him the ball for a lot of reasons, close to the goal line. Like the the only good thing to come out of this command (laughs) season so far is the Brian Robinson story. And on prime time, I mean, if it's if they get it to the three, they're going to run it four times, and it's going to be yeah. Brian Robinson all four times. So I do like that. That's a very difficult thing to price for books, uh, and yes. I think that uh, a plus two hundred anytime touchdown scorer—that's a bet. Uh, I'm w- with you on Justin Fields. I like that. I also think that Fields over one hundred and sixty-eight and a half passing yards is worth a look. He's gone over that the past two games. I think at some point, like at the start of the season, that line he was being set around two twenty. 
Uh, and at some point, you have to regress back to those expectations because, I mean, they have been throwing it a little bit more the past two weeks. The commanders have a terrible pass defense, actually yes. slightly better against the run. So I do think that Fields should go over that number. Uh, and if you're the Bears, like at some point, the only thing that really matters out of this season is figuring out whether Justin Fields is the guy going forward. Uh, and if they're not going to let him throw against the commanders, then when are they ever going to let him throw? Uh, also like Carson Wentz to throw a pick at minus yes. 110, which has happened four of the past five games. Uh, I think, and, and also he's Carson Wentz. Uh, so I think that with, with Eddie Jackson returning to 2018 form, I think that the Bears secondary is more than capable of picking off at least one Carson Wentz pass, which uh, he is prone to throw up for grabs. Uh, in terms of the side and the total, there's nothing I like too much about the total, which is now, uh, like I mentioned, 38 after being 40 earlier in the week. If I was forced to take a side, I would take the commanders uh, just because I think offensively they have a lot more of a ceiling. I think this defense should at some point show something as well. Like this was a top four defense in the NFL two years ago and still have, you know, a lot of the same personnel. So look, the the bar for this game is just to be better than Colt Broncos. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even sure it's gonna clear that bar, to be honest. Uh, but I do think that Wentz with his weapons, like there's still Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. They have talented running backs in Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson for all his sins, that there should be enough scoring here to be able to outscore uh, the Bears offense, which is stuck in 1926. So you're with me on the commanders. If you have to take a side, you'll be on them. <laughs> I am with you on the commanders, and I'm going to be with you on Carson Wentz. When I see a, a quarterback like Wentz to throw a pick, um, I generally like to wait until like one or two series into the game because then books will have it live for plus money, which is kind of one of my favorite things to do. Yep, I like that. And uh, we have a note from uh, our researcher, Johnny VTV, that 10 of the last 14 Thursday night football games have gone under, <laughs> which feels uh, that feels light. feels like it's been 14 out of 14, uh, such as Thursday night football. All right, before we get into the NFC East, uh, if you want more betting, DFS, and fantasy advice right before kickoff tonight, tune into our NFL on NBC Sports YouTube channel at 7 p.m. Eastern as Vaughn Dalzell, Lawrence Jackson, and Kyle Dvorak answer your questions prior to kickoff between the Commanders and Bears. And if you do recall, uh, last week on that show, Vaughn gave out a 70-1 to 1 shot of no touchdowns in Colt <laughs> Broncos uh, that did cash. So be sure to tune in to that. All right. NFC East, which the commanders are a part of, but there's a lot more interesting things going on in that division. The Eagles are minus 250. The Cowboys, are, who just will not die, are plus 250. The Giants are 12 to 1. And then the commanders, um, few optimists, are 100 to 1. Who do you like in this division, Brad? Yeah, I still like the Eagles. Um, I mean, betting the Eagles has been profitable this season. Uh, now the spreads are kind of catching up to them. But when I look ahead to their next five games, the one spread that kind of creeps out to me is Colts. They're a dog plus three, which is kind of weird. Um, you know, they have a, a top 10 defense, probably top five defense now. Uh, they're plus nine in the turnover differential, and they have weapons. While I love the Giants story, I, I love it. I love betting on them against the spread. You just have to look at the weapons they have. And I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, the Giants, if the Giants don't make a playoff run and they lose a couple of, of shock games, like they lose to the Eagles and, and uh, excuse me, they lose to the Ravens, lose to the Jags, lose to the Seahawks, you could possibly start thinking about getting rid of Saquon Barkley. As much as it hurts, that's something that could be discussed. The Cowboys, 
listen, I don't love the Cowboys. They have a great pass rush, and that's all I like about the Cowboys. I didn't even like them at their price preseason, and I think this price is, what, worse than their preseason price, and the Eagles look great. I, I just can't get behind it. Who are you on? I would be on the Eagles as well, minus 250. Uh, if there is still any Eagles plus three at the Colts, which I think was the preseason look-ahead line, then uh, stop <laughs> yeah. with that jump all over that because that's going to be like Eagles minus three. Oh, uh, yeah. Potentially, at least, it's probably going to be bigger than that. Uh, I do think with the Cowboys – uh, that they are a little bit inflated at the moment, their perception, just because Cooper Rush just has never had to throw the ball uh, because they've just been in positive game scripts the entire past month. Obviously, Dak Prescott is coming back. is going to increase their ceiling. But I think right now, people think that the Cowboys have, you know, arguably the best defense in football. I don't think it's quite at that level. I think that Micah Parsons and how good he is individually is skewing the perception of the Cowboys defense. It's still a fantastic unit. It's a great defense, but I don't think it's to the level of, say, San Francisco or even Buffalo or, or potentially Tampa as well. So, And I think it's arguable as well that, you know, Philadelphia might have a better defense than Dallas, and they certainly have a better offense right now. So I think the problem is, is that if you're betting the Cowboys plus 250, like you really need to win this Sunday yes. night game, and you're not getting Dak Prescott for that. And the market, which I agree with, uh, is certainly bullish on Philadelphia. That line opened minus five, which is too small. It's already up to minus six. And I think there is some potential it could go even further just because you know we haven't seen uh the real cooper rush yet we haven't had the full <laughs> the full rush experience yeah. and the main thing with the eagles is just their schedule like they have the easiest remaining schedule in football and i mean you just look at after this week against the cowboys and cooper rush home to the steelers at the texans uh versus the commanders at home uh, and then at the Colts as well, which isn't nearly as intimidating a game as it looked like. So they have a real chance to be 10-0. and 0, uh, And there's a lot of interesting markets around the Eagles. I wouldn't, I mean, minus 250, yes, that's. I think that's value. It's also, there's not too many people who want to bet minus 250 division prices <laughs> in, uh, in week six because of how long your money is going to be tied up. So I think if you're looking to bet the Eagles, I still think that Nick Sirianni is the clear front runner for coach of the year, uh, though he is pretty short right now. I think Jalen Hurts, offensive player of the year, is an interesting look as well. So he is short too. So look, I think the Eagles minus 250 is good parlay material more than anything into other futures bets. But is there anything else around uh, the Eagles or this division that you're interested uh, in betting on, Brad? Not really. I looked so hard to see if I could kind of predict the Eagles' next loss. I see a lot of books hanging prices around those. If it, if it would be an Eagles loss, it, I'd have to have somewhere that's going to have a line of, of at least five and a half. You know, those are the, the kind of the tricky lines where books set, where especially if they're on the road, where home dogs of five and a half cover so much. But not really. I'm going to ride into the sunset on my Eagles division preseason bet. And I'm, I'm kind of mad that at myself that when you talked about Sirianni for coach of the year, that I did not auto bet it. Um, I fell behind on that. And then I also bet on Josh Allen as Offensive Player of the Year instead of Jalen Hurts. So I'm kind of getting mad at myself and punching myself in the face. No, you're all good. I still uh, I still got to get Brian Dable beat. This guy refuses yeah. to lose his games, just keeps winning. The Giants are <laughs> 4-1. It's ridiculous. And that's the concern if you're on Sirianni is that, you know, if, if Dable, even if he's not the deserving winner, just the New York bump is just yeah. so significant. <laughs> Uh, as I mentioned the other day with, with Tom Thibodeau and Julius Randle a couple of years ago. Uh, so I do think that Sirianni does have that to worry about. But at the same time, 
like the Giants, the Giants are not very good. Like they are winning these games. They're not a great team. And a team of that level, they have a four-game losing streak in them at any point. So uh, not too worried about Brian Dable, uh, but it is something uh, to monitor. And he is rightfully the second favorite. Uh, we do have a viewer question at the moment on Brian Robinson. To get 40-plus yards, Brad, are you interested in that bet? <laughs> I'm not interested in that bet. Um, Brian Robinson, so they said they want to get him involved, but he's still going to be on a snap limit. And when you have a guy like Brian Robinson who is a much different skill set than Gibson, and that's basically being the bull who can run between the tackles, you're going to want to use that skill set in the red zone. And so it could be a performance where he could get two touchdowns and, and cap at 35 yards. Um, so no, I wouldn't. It would take a lot of breakaways for me to want to be kind of on that. And me being the the resident Alabama guy, he doesn't break away too often. No, he doesn't. He's uh, not not quite Brees Hall out there. Surprise <laughs> points bet has his rushing attempts over under at 12 and a half, which seems pretty high to me, even if he's going yeah, to get more workload. Like he's still, I mean, he's based off what he's coming off in the short week. Uh, you really want the commanders to have a pretty healthy lead if you're betting the over on that. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. This football season, PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same-game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, and cash out your live second-half over bet. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with the code BETTHEEDGE to get a second chance on your first five bets up to $100 each. New customers only, must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia, Kansas, or Louisiana. Void where prohibited, Louisiana license pending in partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, first five bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website for more details. Gambling problem? In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. 
in Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. And in Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. 1-877-770-7867. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800gambler.net. Gambling problem? Call 8778-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. All right, before we get into our favorite Western Conference division bets in the NBA, the basketball season is almost here and you can get a jump start on your draft with the Roto World Fantasy Draft Guide. I get player profiles, expert rankings, mock drafts, and more. And you can use the code HOOPS5 at checkout and get yours for just $5. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus today. Okay, we've talked about the Atlantic Division in the East Yesterday, Brad, now we're going to talk about the Western Conference. Who is your favorite division bet in the West? Mine's Pelicans plus 400. And listen, so first of all, I'm playing the price here. The price is just egregious and I have to play it. But we have to look at the teams in this division. I automatically think there's going to be regression in the Grizzlies side. Uh, first, it's uh, so this line actually moved to plus 340 on points bet. Still playable. There's been regression on the Grizzly side. They lose Melton. They also face the health bug. What I mean by that is when you have a player like John ja Morant, who is explosive and throws his body towards the rim because that's how he plays, health will start to be an issue. You saw it last season. And the difference between uh, having a team without John ja Morant this season versus last season is everyone knows. There's no underestimating this team. This team will not be double-digit dogs without John ja Morant against teams like the Mavericks where they end up going to win by 20 points. So we take some of that away. Next, this Pelicans team with the addition of uh, CJ McCollum has been one of the best trades midseason. They start out 1-12 in in the first 13 games. It's the second worst mark for any team to make the playoffs. And last but not least, if Zion Williamson could stay healthy, this starting lineup is absolutely disgusting. And McCollum, Ingram, Herb Jones, Zion Williamson, and Jonas Valajunas they have size. They have defense. And if you look at their defensive metrics, I actually thought this team, like just from a visual perspective, I thought this team was not good defensively. But you because, you know, you just look at plus and minus and stuff like that. But when you actually dig into their defensive metrics, they weren't bad, especially for a high-flying Western Conference team. So at plus 400, I just have them to beat the Mavs. The Mavs don't really scare me as much. I do think the Mavs hit their win total. I think a lot of teams hit their win total. But the price is just something that I, I love. Yep, I like this. I think the Pelicans are a hugely uh, high upside team and also a high, like a low uh, or a high downside team as well. They have a huge amount of variance. That yes. all comes from Zion Williamson, who uh, may play 20 games and may be <laughs> first team all NBA. Like that's literal, that's within uh, the range of possible outcomes for Zion. He's that talented. Uh, this is just, it's just a weird team to think about because we haven't seen those five guys in that starting lineup really on the floor together uh yeah. and so i do think that defensively they, they definitely have concerns like when your front court is zion and Jonas valens Eunice, that limits how flexible you can be scheme wise but at the same time like herb jones 
could be the best perimeter defender of the league this year. That's that's in the cards there. Jose Alvarado is an excellent guard defender. Yes. Larry Nance is a really good uh, backup big off the bench defensively. So, look, they have pieces. I think that they can get to of just being a slightly below average defense. And then they have the upside to be a top three, top five offense in the league because they have so much firepower. So... I don't, don't really know what to make of the Pelicans, but I do like betting on them. I wouldn't want to touch their win total just because with a team that is has this much variance, I'd rather ride more of the upside, like the division, or if you can get uh, bets on them to be you know, a top four seed in the West. I think that's in the cards as well. So those are the ways I look to play the Pelicans, but I agree, they are very high upside. And Memphis... Look, they, John Morant did miss 25 games last year and they still got the, what, 57 wins or there yeah. anyway. But I think Jar is a guy, to your point, where just with the way he plays with how banged up he gets, I think you just have to treat him like Jimmy Butler in the regular season who just misses 15 to 20 games every single year. <laughs> uh, so I think that Jar, he should play more than 57 games this year, but maybe not significantly more. And then Jaron Jackson being out is huge. He's their second best player uh, a legit defensive player of the year candidate. And then, you know, losing DeAnthony Melton, losing Kyle Anderson, like these hurt because they had yes. so much depth last year. So with you on the Pelicans, my favorite bet, I feel like a team that we're talking about all year. Uh, I've already ordered some merch, uh, unfortunately. The Minnesota Timberwolves, plus 140 to win the Northwest. I view this as a two-horse race between the Timberwolves and the Nuggets. Not buying the Blazers, they've got, you know, eight players and only one superstar. And also with the Blazers, if Yusuf Nurkic goes down, they have no other tall people. Uh, <laughs> they are done. Uh, so that's a concern when you're counting on Yusuf Nurkic, who's like the 74th best player in the NBA. Uh, and if he goes down there in big trouble, uh, I think that for some reason, the Blazers are contractually obligated to have their two best players be small guards. Uh, so they, they move on from CJ McCollum and now it's the Anthony Simons Joe who's just going to create all the same defensive issues uh, next to Dame that CJ did. I think the Blazers are a, a strange team. I think they can get to 40 wins, but that's if things break right. And if things break right leads you to 40 wins, then you're not really going anywhere. Uh, so the Nuggets are definitely the threat to the T-Wolves. Uh, and I think the Nuggets have a huge ceiling. Uh, and I think that they're probably a bet to win the Western Conference at current prices, particularly if you can get anything bigger than plus 800. But regular season-wise, like Jamal Murray's going to be managed. Michael Porter Jr. is probably yep. going to be managed. I don't trust Michael Malone with his bench units. I don't trust him to be, you know, spacing out uh, Murray and MPJ from Jokic and maximizing the rotation. Like he plays at least five bench guys together constantly. And it's going to be the Bones Highland show. So I'd be a little bit concerned about just how hard they're going to go in the regular season. Nikola Jokic plays so many minutes every year. And I think that, you know, that's not necessarily the best thing for this team. Uh, but what, what do you think of the Nuggets this year, Brad? So I'm not as high on the Nuggets this year as I was last year, just because for them now, the goal of the season is just to stay healthy, to kind of learn to work together. Like these, these players haven't played a significant amount of minutes together on the court and make it to the playoffs to make a run. So if you want to talk about any in-season bets, um, I almost leaned betting the under win total for the Denver Nuggets just for that reason. It's all about health because health is wealth. Um, I, last season, I was a lot higher on the Nuggets because I thought they could go a little bit with reckless abandon during the season, and they, they kind of did. Um, but now, you know, 
you're going to kind of have to manage these guys, just get them in the right situations to make a run. Yeah, I think playoff wise, even with uh, all the kind of concerns about, you know, what you can be defensively when Nikola Jokic is your center. I do think <laughs> in terms of when it comes to playoff time, this team has a massive ceiling and they should be considered closer to the Clippers and the Warriors yes. than say, you know, the the Mavericks uh, and teams like that at the lower end of the contender tier. But Regular season, I just don't think the team's going to have huge incentive to win a lot of games, whereas the Timberwolves, they do. And that's why I like them at plus 140, is that uh, I just think that organizationally, they need to win regular season games to save jobs because they've gone all in with this Gobert trade. And also, I think, you know, the idea that a lot of people have is that Rudy Gobert has come in as like the next piece of the puzzle next to Edwards and Towns. Like, no, Rudy Gobert is the best player on the Timberwolves. They brought in a guy who is their best player in the regular season. What he does defensively uh, has more impact than any other player on that team had last year. Gobert is a superstar in the regular season. No one has his defensive impact across the league. That's why I like him for Defensive Player of the Year because he's the most deserving candidate every single year and it's just a matter of whether people want to vote for him because of the narrative. So I think that regular season-wise, this team is going to be a monster. They're going to be hugely incentivized to get wins. Uh, So that's why I like them at plus 140 uh, to win the Northwest. Any, uh, we should briefly touch on the other two teams. We want, I guess, the the Thunder and the Jazz, who uh, I don't even know what their prices are, but their prices are you can have whatever you like. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to win uh, the division. I do think the Jazz might be a little frisky early in the season, but frisky as in, um, you know, they might be on a 30-win pace for 25 games or so, uh, and then it's all going to fall out. And the Thunder might be fun to watch with uh, with my guy, Josh Giddy, but uh, they're going to be fun. They're not going to win. All right, Brad, we are done. Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for those of you watching us on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening to us in podcast form, please don't forget to subscribe and rate us. Everyone enjoy Commander's Bears. Do something with your family tonight and uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.